Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this right here, Devin Leary. We had quite a week of finales. Everyone who watches TV may know that The White Lotus, the show of the summer, gave us its finale. Spoilers, you know, fast forward a few minutes. But the ending to a lot of people was completely unsatisfying. I disagree for a few reasons. A, I think the problems with the ending, i.e. that Belinda's character didn't get a thorough enough background or arc. Wait, sorry, was your problem with the fact that her last line of the entire show is just reacting to a white woman and saying one sentence? Yes. That and her emotional scene where, where we got to see Alexandra Daddario cry for maybe five close-ups we gave belinda like 30 seconds and for an ending that we all knew was coming which was that our beloved jennifer coolidge was going to betray her it it felt so slight i mean she just didn't give a storyline she didn't get a storyline and Devin and i've been talking about this a lot and you said basically that it's because a white man wrote this script and the most therefore the most nuanced characters were white men they just ended up being Yeah, I just feel like the, I mean, there were points where I felt like the female characters were completely underdeveloped and just existed in relation to the male characters. But then I felt like they did kind of like flesh out some, I do think Rachel's character ended up being slightly more interesting than I expected, but the other female characters were so one-dimensional, one-dimensional to me, aside from Jennifer Coolidge, of course, Stan, 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 but pretty much singular non-white person in the whole show or i guess one of three non-white people in the whole show but the only black woman had just to me only lines in relation to white people and like 
I I think Natasha Rothwell, I think that's her name, right? Natasha, yeah. She acted the shit out of it anyway. And like she did such a good job with what she was given, but she just wasn't given shit. She just wasn't. And it's like I did find myself loving the story of the teen boy and loving the story of Steve Zahn and loving the story of Armand. But yeah, because those were written by white men. So their characters made sense. Um, I don't get the teen girls. Okay. I started to get them towards the end. I didn't get them at all because this is my issue. Why did Paula go from being a complete and total bitch spoiled girl with her friend like every single scene she's just being like ew no like no your brother can't sleep with us ew let's do drugs who cares blah 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 to suddenly being like i am a warrior for social justice on this island and i can't be around spoiled rich people it's like how did that character shift happen it was like overnight like when she had the conversation with kai and he said like do you want to move here and she said i'm not going to move here i actually felt like that made sense for her character because it's like oh yeah she's like no i'm better than you i'm not going to like move to this island but then when she was like but i have another idea i was like wait what's happening here and okay, then she's like i have i have answers for this i think okay go ahead but i'm probably going to disagree subtext is that olivia's been always hooking up with paula uh's boyfriends and so yeah. she basically when she finds out that Olivia has been hitting on Kai, when he says like your friend was like batting my eyelashes, she basically said like, she loves me as long as she has more than me. Right. And which I thought was like a brilliant line, obviously that's the moment when she decides like I'm on another side. Like this person is yet again, trying to take something from me. That still doesn't... It doesn't give the full impetus, but it does give revenge. She does have revenge, and it's not... But listen, she does... It I'm does... not talking about the revenge thing, though. I, I think it makes sense for her to get revenge. I don't think it re makes sense for her to suddenly be like, oh, I'm tokenized. I am, like, all I care about is, like, the social justice of this, like, friendship now. Like, it's like she suddenly had this entirely woke perspective about her friendship that didn't make sense to me. Like, I totally get if she's like, okay, now I'm going to get revenge on my friend because she's a bitch and she always hooks up like this. The the way the character was presented, it would have made sense to me if her thought line was like, oh my God, my friend's such a bitch. Like she's like spoiled white girl. And like, I am going to get revenge on her. Not like I am crying because of the injustice. Like she wasn't even just like, oh my God, I'm so sad. My boyfriend, I can't believe this happened to my boyfriend. She was like, she was like lecturing her friend about privilege. And I was like, Oh, how did you get this perspective so quickly? Like you seemed like a really vapid and it's all in the writing. It was like, she was writ written as this really vapid one dimensional spoiled Gen Z girl. And then she became like a really woke, like really aware, really intense person. I just didn't think that made sense, but I feel like that was part of the problem with the way the female characters were written was that it was just like, okay, go from this one dimension to the next one dimension. That being said, I feel like the actress who played Paula was stunning and such a brilliant actress. Again, all the acting was so good. It's just like, to me, it like they had to act in spite of what they were given. You know me, you know that I initially didn't like the show because of how the teen girls were portrayed and written. I just thought it was so awful, so one dimensional. And it was kind of like a boomer's idea of what Gen Z is like. And now I, I do think some of tonally, some of that stuff still applies like I would, <laughs> I'm 
confounded when anyone speaks to their parents that way and i usually only see it on tv and movies like ew mom gross or like what like i i I generally don't see that in real life but i think that there's a really interesting dynamic that he was playing with which was you think you belong with a family but you don't and what she says at the end to what uh paula the friend says at the end to the daughter olivia like this is your tribe you you are one of these people and at the dinner a few episodes ago when steve zan's character is sort of saying all this really offensive shit like wait what am i supposed to do i'm a white man that has privilege what i'm supposed to give it all away you guys want to give all your money away right and that's when i sort of started seeing paula's character really lean in and like listen a little bit to what was going on around her because i think that we've all had those moments where we suddenly realized that we are not as valued in a group as we thought and I think that she just started identifying with Kai more because she knew that she didn't belong with this family, which she initially did think she belonged with because she was a friend on their family trip. She was a friend on their family trip and was literally bossing the parents around and like being straight up rude to them. Like, I don't know. It's just it wasn't like she was like a normal girl and she got there and had this experience. She was blatantly rude like you know what i mean like she was like a no, spoiled all the rude characters girl. Are terrible all of the characters are terrible jennifer coolidge doesn't even get a pass like she literally says at the end that she manipulates people with her money and that was also a thing i thought that was so interesting it was like we constantly with therapy think that by naming our crimes it makes them all better yeah. but it just makes them that much more egregious um and i just have a really important question which is you have to pick one person to kill, one person to fuck, and one person to marry on the White Lotus property. On the White Who is Lotus? It? Um, okay, I'm definitely one million thousand percent fucking the guy that Armand fucks. What's... Oh my God, Lucas Gage forever. Luke, Lucas Gage's Lucas character. Lucas Gage forever. I forget, I forget uh, his character's name. He's it doesn't like, even matter. His character's name is Dylan, but it really doesn't, really matter. doesn't matter. Okay, I'm marrying Jennifer Coolidge. Smart. Constant entertainment. Yeah. Like, she's a bad person, but I'm constantly entertained. As we discussed on the Casey episode, it would be like being married to Sonia. It's like, do I even have to watch The Housewives now? There's one just sitting here, and I can just watch her. Um, and then kill... um the obvious answer of course is shane shane i was gonna say jake because that's the actor's name but shane the obvious answer is shane but i i'm like trying to think of someone more interesting that would be fun to kill um but shane is really shane i it just unfortunately sadly for me and my family i have dated a shane so it just as caroline and i were just discussing before we got on here like that the way that relationship was portrayed was like just simply visceral unfortunately again for me the shanes that i dated were not like billionaires that i was like wealthy with or something they weren't even like you might date them for a little bit longer huh they weren't even offering to make me a trophy wife but they just like were terrible as a personality but we were just talking about how that relationship was so relatable where she like just fucking hated him Also, I loved the line where she described why they got together, where she was like, I just went through a really bad breakup. I was in a really weird place and like you were attractive 
and you like took me on really good dates and then you asked me to marry you like i was like i can a thousand percent see myself doing that and then being there and being like fuck well i like what she said too where she said i of course i've want always imagined my wedding of course i've had this like princess dream I think most girls have, but the line that killed me was when she said, I don't want to be a plus one for the rest of my life. I don't want to be an appendage. I remember feeling that way when I was a date to some event and okay. You would, yes, you dated an event. I dated an F1 racer. I was <laughs> on it. I was a, a date and I remember thinking nobody really wants to talk to me. In fact, I'm the person they talk to when they're done talking to my date. And that felt so random. I also, um, my back really hurt. So I escaped from this after party and just went and sat down and just took deep breaths because I was so tired of talking. Yeah. Um, and being a date, being a professional date, like being like, hi, so good to see you. So nice to see you. I mean, <laughs> that's how you I talk on dates. Yeah. <laughs> so nice to see you. I would kill Sydney Sweeney's character just because of her voice. I actually really did feel for her. And one of my favorite scenes, I'm not kidding, in the whole show is when she's crying and you realize that she's in love with her friend Paula and Connie Wait, Brayton hugs her. What? You think she's in love with her? A thousand percent. Okay, yes, that's, that's Devin. giving way too much interesting credit to the character. I did not get no, that. No, I, I really believe that she's in love with I I believed it from day one and I'm actually going to get on the Reddit thread because I don't want to feel alone and pervy in this belief. But yeah, okay. I would kill Sydney Sweeney's character. Um, I would probably, I mean, it's hard. Like I would fuck Mary, whatever he wants to do to me. I would eat Lucas Gage's ass. <laughs> 1,000. And, 1,000. Um, 1,000. I think I would marry Quinn the kid who wants to live in Hawaii and runs oh away. Oh my God. Okay. First of all, you're a pedophile, but second of all, that's really cute that you're marrying a kid. He's 21. Listen, we're unconventional, but it's certainly not against the law. He is a really interesting guy. I guess I could also, <laughs> I, I also could, could marry one of the, one of the boat paddlers that is on his boat although that person might think that i'm really lazy because as i was watching them do that i was like really you're not gonna go back to your family like that is not for me the guys um, on the boat turn around Devin and i have spf 65 on <laughs> another thing that i liked that i forgot to mention about rachel's like speech about getting married which also she's a brilliant actress and I underestimated her because the character was so flat in the beginning, but she's, she's so really hot good. that it's hard when hot girls um, are talented. Are also yeah, talented. Like, it's always been a struggle for me. You've never gotten shit on your own. Oh wait. But when she said like, everyone kept telling me how lucky I was like, oh, I yeah. love that. And it reminded me of Bethany Frankel and Bethany ever after when she says like, everyone tells her like Jason's such an amazing guy. Like she's so lucky. He's perfect. She's so lucky. And I have been in relationships like that where people are like, you're so lucky. Oh, my God, you're with him. And I'm like, OK, yeah, Brad Pitt is great. But like since Moneyball, has he done anything good? Like, how lucky am I? It's like, I don't know. Just kidding. I'm not married to Brad Pitt. You guys, you guys what? you almost got me with that one. I honestly think girls just do this when other girls are in relationships. They'll be like, how long have you guys been together? Oh, my God. How did you guys meet? This is me, by the way. I'm mimicking myself and I'm not even kidding. I'll be like, how did you guys meet? Oh, that's so great. And because I'm just jealous of anyone who's in a happy relationship. But most people are in like 
happy relationships at best. We're just always, and, and this brings me back to Rachel's character because she says, I was, she basically says, I was with you because I didn't want to be alone. And yeah. Shane tells her, then be alone and walks right. away. And like, no one really is there for her. And so she decides to go back to him at the end, which is a haunting ending because you know she can't stand him. Yeah. And it's, he's just somewhere to be kind of. And I mean, I, the, the one of the hardest scenes in the whole show for me to watch was when he's spooning her in bed and she looks like she's having like a panic attack. Yeah. And it's that feeling where once you know that you cannot be with someone, you just can't unknow it. And once mm-hmm. you're with them after knowing that you, all you can think about is getting away. Yeah. Even if you know, it'll be hard. Even if you know, you're like, ah, like whenever you start feeling that way about a relationship, it's time to go. And I, think that i'm like this is really profound when you think you hate your boyfriend i think it's time to leave ladies that's it a red literally flag. is profound like no i have been with people i've hated before and just like lived with it and been like still like i'm i just went to a psychic because like i'm not sure what i should do but also he shane jake lacy the actor did such a good job of acting like the white guy Emmy, bra- Emmy breakup response because i have had that response so many times in breakups where it's like wait what are you talking about? Like you are, what is wrong with you? And it's to me, it, I, I feel like it's like the, the way that white male privilege manifests in breakups is that they're like, wait, something's going not the way I want it to. What is wrong with you that you're making that happen? Like that shouldn't happen. Are you crazy? Like let's, let's rewind. Let's pretend that's not happening. Like, that's the thing too is that i feel like like his arc was like okay she's crazy and she's losing her mind that she made this decision so then he's just like living with that like he's like okay i think she has lost her mind that she would ever think that she shouldn't be with me of all people and then when she changes her mind he's just like oh so you were just being crazy for a few days and now you're back to being sane so everything's fine like that's the response that i can never understand because i'm just like i feel like if someone said they didn't want to be with me since i'm constantly tearing myself apart on the inside anyways being like this is what's wrong with me i'm so insecure of this i feel like i would be like oh i did something wrong not like oh so you're losing your mind take a few days and then change your mind and that's the only outcome i'll accept like right that was another detail that i thought oh my god this is such the worst breakup is when he comes back into the room and acts and he, like nothing happened yeah yes and she's just sitting on the bed and it's that feeling oh where you're like wait no you really have to leave though yeah what i loved most about the show is that no character came away pristine everyone had their faults and that was another reason why i think belinda was totally underdeveloped was because she was pristine and that isn't as much fun as getting to be a fully rounded human being and that's what the message of the show was and you know my 21 year old boyfriend Quint husband sorry it's husband you're not even used to it you're not even used to it yet like you don't even know how to say it 21 year old husband yes um (laughs) he said at one point in the show he's like none of us are innocent we're all guilty at this point on the like on the planet yeah we're all polluters of the earth which is just like the note that i wanted to um leave with you guys today well that's the note from which we want to leave 
the White Lotus Island as we move on to another island, and that is F-Boy Island. F-Boy Island. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with a deep dive into the F-Boy. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. And we're back with True Romance. Today is one of my newly favorite topics, which is the television show, as Devin put it, the revolution that is F-Boy Island. It's really revolutionary. It's really radical. I am still going to watch Bachelor in Paradise, which is premiering tonight. But I keep thinking how much better this is than Bachelor in Paradise. I feel like the Bachelor producers must be shaking in their boots because well, it's so much better. Nothing beats Nikki Glaser. I really think did such a good job because she took it seriously she actually found meaning behind it. And you can tell she's pulling so many strings just based on how it's perfectly tailored. 
Now, for those of you who haven't been watching, it's a show based on the idea that women are choosing between F boys and nice guys. And on an island, there's three girls choosing between 24 guys, half of whom are nice guys, half of whom are F boys. If the F boys win, they win $100,000. If the nice guys win, they get the girl. And so the girls are constantly trying to see if a guy's just there for money or if the guy really likes them. That being said, all the rules, again, a brilliant move in reality TV is someone at HBO Max or Nikki Glaser saying, what if there are no rules and we change them whenever we want? So all of a sudden, she makes the guys give up their statuses in the middle of the friggin' series. One thing that was shocking to me, I think in episode four, was that when Sarah was like, well, we actually like don't even know how the money part of the show works. And I was sitting there like, I was like, I don't think I really understand how the money part works. And I thought that was just me. Then I find out none of the cast even knows. She's like, we don't even know like who's going to get the money or like how it works. And I was like, why do you guys not know this? Like, this is weird. That surprise was second only to the surprise that Fernando, one of the main guys Love who's Fernando. left in the end, is on the Olympic, Olympic bobsled, bobsled team. team. He's like, mm, yeah, I'm like not that worried uh, about this because I'm also an Olympic bobsledder for the U.S. Olympic bobsled team. I was like, uh, Excuse, are you on the wrong show? These other fucking guys, their titles are like, I'm a content designer. I'm a styler of TikTok blings. Like that's their title. And he is an Olympic bobsledder and also a doctor, chiropractor. Like how? I think that this show is brilliant because these women are being told the truth literally to their faces and they are not hearing it. And yeah. I'm not saying that to make women sound dumb at all. Obviously, like we talk about this on the pod all the time. I'm saying that we build the narrative we want to have and also that peace, like P-E-A-C-E, peace in a relationship looks boring to the average viewer and it feels boring sometimes to the average person in the relationship. I mean, we do have to give these girls, like, give them a break because they're also in their early 20s when you make these mistakes. But yeah, it was really crazy. Like, you know, Garrett, who's the worst one on the show, I almost proudly is. He is, you know, dating Sarah, who looks like she's a flyer for like the Lakers. And she knows that he was in a relationship. She knows that he told all the guys that he would never date any of these girls in person. He like and every time she's like, I'm really pissed off. I'm like done. I'm like done. Yes. And then she talks to him and she's like, I actually like for a second, I like kind of saw what Garrett was going through. And um you know, I actually like, I feel like we're back on track. He literally, it could have been like, well, Garrett took a shit on my chest, but I honestly, like after second thought, after talking to him about it, I feel like, like at least he's admitting the truth. And then again, Sarah delivers what I think is really profound insight where she's talking to Josh, the guy that she should have ended up and should have ended up with. And she said, I had an epiphany the difference between the nice guys and the F boys is just accountability. The nice guys are just like, yeah, I did do that. Or yeah, I did say that. And the F guys have no accountability. And she said, like, they draw circles around me. And I was thinking like, yeah, that's the feeling when like, you're just like, wait, what did you say? Wait, so are right. you into me or not? Okay. So wait, do you like me? What do you know about me? And all of these things. Well, I was thinking about how 
in this documentary I watched on Netflix about a woman who lied and said that she escaped the Holocaust and was raised by wolves. Um, okay. Just like a casual afternoon watch. But this genealogist in the documentary said to believe is human, oh, okay. which I was like, OK, I love that so much because within the context of that, it was like, well, how did we believe a story that was so ludicrous? But we as humans, we want to believe. And that's how I felt in relationships. Like I look back and I know that is what Sarah is doing and what all of the women in different relationships within the show have done where they're like, wait, why did I believe that? Like, I can't believe I was so stupid. And it's like, no, you're not stupid. You're human. You want to see the best in people. You want to believe that's what someone's telling you is true because you want to believe in love and good things and all that that's stuff. True. And um. But yeah, it really is baffling. Also, Garrett, I realized by the end of the show, I was like, oh, so he thinks he's like Spencer Pratt. Like, that's what he wants to be. But Spencer Pratt is actually an intelligent and interesting human being, like as evil as a villain. Wait, do you really think he is? Yeah. Hell yeah. Tess Sitzman and I, Tess Sitzman is the one who educated me on this. It's like. Spencer, first of all, made a decision to be a villain of the show for his career. Like he was like, I'm going to be the villain of the show. And not only was he the villain, but he made it like a complicated, interesting villain where he started buying fucking crystals and married Heidi and was like doing like purposely doing weird shit on Snapchat. Like he knew what he was doing and he was interesting. And now he like lives in Santa Barbara and him and Heidi are. I'm just saying like he's like a layered, interesting person Whereas Garrett is like dumb as rock. So it's like he wants to be a villain, but he doesn't even have interesting villain things to say. He's not charismatic. No, I was just like, yo, bro. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. That's what I did. Yeah. And it's like, you're not even fucking saying anything. Same with Casey, where I just was like, I don't see what she sees in him. And I don't see what anyone like. It's one thing if he was like this weird villain and then we could get to like at least watch that it's like he just is so lame and boring but he is an incel and in episode four no casey i mean garrett's an incel too but oh my gosh um, yeah they're actually having like a really sweet moment and she tells him she is starting to really like him and he's like i really like you too and then he pivots from that to like but you have to be okay with me being friends with garrett like that's my boy by the way they met like one month ago and he's like that's my friend and she starts to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, this is a 50-50 relationship. And she's like, it's actually not really. Like, it. this show was for you to come on here and try to date me. So that's actually not 50-50. And then he says, like, I know you could walk all over all the other guys in here, but you can't walk all over me. And she has, like, the best response where she just, like, immediately stands up and is like, no, I'm good. No, I don't deal with that. I don't deal with that. She says, you're confused. Which yeah. is my favorite thing. And I'm seriously going to keep it in my back pocket for any time I feel this way. Like, oh, you're confused right now. Yeah. And then just like walking away, leaving the situation. I wish that Sarah would have had that same strength. But mm, Sarah, she didn't seem to find it. And Nakia also, I mean, Nakia really seemed to have the most trouble not seeing the F-boyness. She did. She did. She she seemed to be the person who was the most bored with nice guys. And I mean, listen, Fernando is such a great catch. I don't, you would have to be high not to see it. I know. When they do an amazing segment called Mansplaining where all the guys basically tell the girls what they know about the guys they're choosing between. 
OG Jared is getting roasted by these guys. Just like, you know, you said that you had 1,500 bitches in your DMs, all this stuff. Um, and then Fernando is just sitting to the side, like whittling his thumbs. He has nothing to say because he's just a really nice guy. He's a doctor and an Olympian. He knows how to give a massage. And I literally... That massage looked so fucking good. Yeah, and he was so... It was my favorite kind of masculinity where OG Jared kept on being like, yo, 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 like, let me massage her. Like, don't do that. And he was like, no, right now I'm massaging her. Like... I know the way he handled that was so attractive. I was like, how is she not just like, let's go off this island right now. Like I'm walking away with you. He handled that in such a hot way. He handled every situation perfectly. And he had the best attitude. Like he had such a positive attitude. He always was like smiling and happy. And the mansplaining episode, this is where I was like, this show is revolutionary. Me too. This was the moment where I literally was like stuffing popcorn in my face. And I'm like, okay, wait, this is actually a revolution. It's not just a reality show. And that was because we've seen all these shows where it's after the final rose. It's like The Bachelor and then all the basically like The Bachelorette comes and sits on a couch and all the men scream at her about all the things she did wrong or like vice versa. The man sits there and all the women scream at him. This was a genius thing where, first of all, the whole episode was just about like them having to say all the shit that they know, like talk. all They basically were like, so talk all the shit, talk all the shit, say everything you know about everyone. And I was like, this is a revolution. I'm sitting and watching these Real Housewives reunions where Andy has to like delicately be like, so Sarah from Seattle says she's wondering if your husband had an affair, then why are you talking about Giselle's husband having an affair? And in this scenario, no need for all that bullshit. Just sit in the bleachers, talk shit. Everyone raise your hand separately and talk all the shit you've heard. And the shit they have is actually golden. Like, I was truly stressed. I was like, please have something good. Please have something good. I like, know. I really need this in my life right now. Casey called CJ, the girl he's with, when she initially was going to dump him or whatever. When he was, they were in a fight, he called CJ a high class, a glorified escort. And then CJ gives one of the best lines of the season and says, oh, if being an escort is bad, then why are you guys fucking us for money? Truly genius, genius, genius wanted to run out in the streets and scream CJ's name and say, like, I I'm giving my life to this woman. I was slightly disturbed when I went to her Instagram and her bio said for comedy inquiries message. And I was like, yeah, not quite a comedian, <laughs> but OK. But I, we we glossed over the fact that in episode four into episode five, because they always do their little cliffhangers. Casey said that he didn't think that CJ deserved to be with any of the men there. He had like a little incel rant and he said he didn't think she deserved to be with any of the men. And he walked out. And that, but then he like escaped back from F boy Island to rejoin the group, which I was like, Oh, did they all know that was an option that they could all just like run back? <laughs> Obviously not. They just knew that like CJ was just going to like be with one of the guys, even though the real up and down hot flame was this guy, Casey, who yeah. I do believe is 18. He definitely his true color. He wears sweatpants. He wears sweatpants with drawstring pants with a button down to the ceremony. Like his mom has yet to tell him not to do that. And during the mansplaining, when someone says, you know, you called her a glorified escort, that obviously it just like is one of those things you just can't unsay. Don't get us wrong. It's not that escort is anything bad. It's that he intended to hurt her and to slander her that way. 
it was clear from CJ's response that she didn't think it was bad, but she was more angry at like what it implied. And they when they go on a date later, it's just like so painful to watch because she's just so over it. And she and Casey's like, well, I was hurt. And CJ was like, because I called you a boy toy and then you called me a whore. And he's like, oh, you're taking it out of context. You're taking it out of context. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, listen, I truly can't think that bad of Casey because I understand the appeal of him more than Garrett because Casey's whole thing is like, what? Me? I'm innocent. Oh, my God. I'm innocent and being charming. And I think it's actually really easy to fall for that. Garrett's thing is like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Like, I'm like, (laughs) you are a fucking like you are a shitty comic book character of a human being. And he's so ugly to me. He's so ugly. Like, I can barely look. I truly can barely look at him. And he is like a Gerber baby blown up, like with steroids. And I <laughs> with steroids. I with steroids. Exactly. And as a flat chested person, when poor Sarah is sitting there and um, one of the guys is like, Sarah, Garrett told us after he went on your one on one that if you guys were going to ever date, he was going to have to buy you fake tits. And again, poor Sarah, like she's just, it's not computing. She's hearing it and she's not hearing it. She's literally going saying stuff like that's interesting. Later when she talks to him about it, he's like, no, no, no. I didn't say that about you. I said, I did buy a girl fake tits once. And you know, like that, I was fine with that. And she goes to each their own, I guess. And I was yeah. like, Sarah, babe, come on. Like, dig a little deeper. I was like, deeper. call your sorority sisters. Ask them if this is normal, please. Because this is not normal. And she always also, like, exactly like you said, like, she'll be like, I'm done. And, like, this is not, like, I would have left. If this was, she said, like, if this was the real world, I would have, like, walked away a long time ago. And it's like, mm, I think it would actually be a little bit harder to walk away in the real world because you don't, it's not just, like, all about your relationship. But that's just me. She also, like, his dates with her, I mean, at least the other guys would, like, fake it when they would be like, so, you know, what is your, like, what do you, what's your dreams or what do you see coming out of this, blah, blah, blah. Garrett's dates with Sarah, he was like, what's the, the freakiest thing you've ever done? And, it, like, yeah, what would like, you like to do? Yeah, he, like, tried to have sex with her on one of them. It was which... so weird. It was also just cued me into the fact that I do believe Garrett's a sex addict. His like confessional when he's talking about being a fuck boy, he's like, I like threesomes, foursomes, fivesomes. I'm like, you need to calm down. Well, but that kind of sounded to me like, have you ever even had sex? Because he's well, like, that too. That's he's just like, like, he's like six sums, seven sums, eight sums, nine <laughs> sums, oh, ten I sums. Like a hundred girls <laughs> in like a locker room once. Wait, okay, sidebar. The other brilliant, radical, revolutionary thing about this show is Nikki Glazer's like C plot. Like we're sitting there wondering why are the guys at this F boy tiki hut and they're at like a nice guy mansion? Like, what's the point of that? The point of that was exclusively just for I mean, I don't know what the nice guy mansion was for because they never explained it. But the F boy like limbro tiki hut was just for Nikki Glazer to do these side bits where she would do like therapy sessions with the F boys. And it became my favorite part of the show to the point where every time I saw the Limbro sign, I was like, oh, Limbro, Limbro, we're going to Limbro because it was so fucking funny. Israel remains the MVP of the show. He is so fucking funny. She's doing a therapy session with him and he's like, yeah, I was I, I, I used to sleep with girls. They were all different costumes, cartoon characters even. And then 
the F boys are bored, so they decide to um, <laughs> make like a fake woman out of sand. They're like, let's make a <laughs> let's make a sand castle, but it's a woman. And I was like, this is actually the best television I've ever seen. They make like a very base level sand castle of a woman with coconut boobs and like sticks for hair. And <laughs> Israel says, this looks like the first human being they ever discovered. <laughs> And then when another guy joins the limbo, like they, this guy shows up at limbo and they're like, okay, so that's Lucy and point to the sandcastle woman. And he goes, that's who? <laughs> it's so crazy. Just so good. And then just another final favorite thing when Nikki Glazer does a version of the serenity prayer with the F boys, but it's all about being an F boy. And it's like to listen when women are talking to me and to always wear a condom. Amen. Stuff like that. That was really funny. I like when she quizzed them and she said, if you don't want to get a girl pregnant, where's the best place to come? And someone said, on her, <laughs> on her back. back. It's like, they're so sincere. They're like, oh, it's on her back. It's on her back. And she's like, okay. But she's so funny and good. Like, I just thought she was genius in this. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I really want to get into the top six. and I, But I have to circle back and say something about the Garrett and Casey relationship. A, like, I love bromances. I really do. I know that sounds so stupid. But I love, like, you know, the boys on Jersey Shore. Like, I actually do think, like, Polly and Vinny are, like, really funny people. And I love their friendship. 
what Casey and Garrett are doing, I um I think is like a racist fraternity. Like they give me that energy. One thousand rather than like a sweet like friends. I don't think they're cute in the slightest. And also, this is what upset me most about the CJ thing is that we already got the vibe that Garrett was gross. And so when Casey tells CJ, like, listen, I'm going to be friends with who I want to be friends with. This is the thing that pisses me off whenever you have a conversation like this with a guy. It's like, yeah, why do you want to be friends with him? That's yeah. the question. Why are you? Oh, you're going to fight for this friendship over me? Like, this is already becoming an issue. Yeah, I've had this with so many guys. It drives me fucking crazy. It's like. I am not going to prove myself to be more worthier than some friggin' uh, dirt bag on the side of the freeway. I'm it's I'm not getting into that conversation. The fact also, that you want to have that conversation freaks me out. Or that female friend. Yes, always, always. It's like, listen, I'm actually pretty respectful when it's someone that I'm like, no, I don't want to mess that up. I know that like how much you care about them. But when someone is exhibiting shitty behavior, it isn't really a conversation. It's more of like, okay, so I actually am weirded out that you want to be their friend. Right. I don't understand it. And I think that was like the, that was the the point I love when she was like, wait, what? Like you're confused. Yeah. I read an interview with her where she was like, I'm actually not that mean. Like this show makes me look really like hardcore and mean, but I'm actually really nice. I don't think she comes off hardcore and mean at all. If anything, I thought she was too nice at certain points. I, I loved that when CJ was on a date with new Jared and Casey, her top two, and they're making pizza and her and Casey are like flirting and new Jared's like, wait, what's the last thing that he said to you on the night of the yeah. elimination? And she's like, you said that I didn't deserve any of the guys here. <laughs> she does do baby talk, yeah. And I was like, I identify with like, wait, shit, we should probably talk about that, huh? Well, I have to say that I love new Jared and he came out of nowhere because as you, as people may recall, if you listen to the pod on the initial FBoy Island episode, I said I don't like new Jared because I thought he was rude and came on too strong. But he really surprised me. He's totally, completely comfortable and himself and calm. Like, I I really felt like he was like, yeah, she could be with me or not. I don't know. You know, like, he just was like, I'm me. I'm doing the best I can. And I felt like he had a great energy. He really loved her personality and, like, her independence. So I just feel like he came out of the woodwork and was, like, one of the best guys there, which I had no idea. Me too. I definitely thought he was too suave for me. Um, initially and but he kept on telling her that she was so powerful that she was a leader and da 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 and I just like wasn't attracted to him until the day after they hooked up when she was like I actually think you're like more of a bad guy than I realized which is like obviously hot yeah and then to the camera he said she just had to see that I had some dog in me I know and I was like oh okay I have to say like the in the mansplaining episode just to bring it back for a second that was when Greg who was eliminated and he did say like he was more of a friend with Nakia than he was like a romantic connection, but he was so funny in the mansplain. Like he was commenting. He was the one who was commenting on every single thing. And he would be like, talk that talk, talk that talk and stuff like that. And he was getting so excited and like laughing out loud that it made me like him so much better, especially when that one guy said, so basically <laughs> he had a thing about Fernando where he was like, uh, Nando said that if I come to LA, he'll hook me up with a bunch of girls, which I was like, so? And the guy who was ratting on Fernando was like, so basically, he a ho. And then Greg starts like laughing so hard. That was one of my favorite moments. 
that brings me to OG Jarrett, who is one of the more mysterious choices I've ever seen, like, a contestant of any dating show make. Disgusting. So problematic. A, like, he just would get frequently very upset with her like they had problems from the beginning and this is another thing that i think is um a signifier to that like girls love being in a narrative that like we've had our ups and downs and we made it through like that's a romantic story because both sarah and nakia like loved that about the guys they were with like but og jared first of all the jared's fashion is just truly like it's sort of like when i was 13 and i really wanted to be in the pages of teen vogue so i would try to do stuff like wear i don't know tie-dye tights to school and you know maybe wear some fishnet stockings on my wrist oh my god avril move yeah obviously avril was of the zeitgeist but what i'm saying is i do believe that like OG Jarrett might be influenced by Avril. He definitely <laughs> seems to have been dog earing some pages of Vogue. I mean, Vogue is so generous. Like, I feel like the Delia's <laughs> catalog, the Delia's catalog, wet seal, the wet seal catalog. The fact is that he really believes that if he says something over and over again, it will make it true. Like, he just keeps on saying the most basic shit that. For whatever reason, Nakia is buying, even though I honestly think that Colin is a better liar. I am like, and Colin admits like, oh, she shouldn't have picked me. I was definitely going to take the money. But, um, but he was just cooler and more interesting as a person. More interesting. And OG Jared literally wouldn't dance. Like they're all dancing and he would not just laying there. He's such a POS. He's so he's, rude. He's like your rude boyfriend who's yes. like at the party, like yes. making everyone feel bad because he's having a bad time. But also, can I just say that as someone who owned jeggings, I don't think I would ever wear them on a national streaming oh. service. I also realized that the men didn't have that many outfits, which no, is classic because women would have been like, OK, I'm bringing 17 suitcases and HBO has to pay for my overpacking charges because that's just what I need. These men only had like one rose ceremony outfit. So like Casey was wearing the drawstring pants every time. And Jared was OG Jared was wearing variations of this suit. Like he would wear the pants with like a different shirt or the suit jacket with like a different. And I was like, take it out of the rotation. He couldn't even walk in the pants. They were so tight. They were so tight. (laughs) His voice is truly nails on a chalkboard to me. Like he sounds like a whining, complaining 13 year old at hot topic and he's like literally literally nikia no like literally i don't want to do this right now because it's like i do like you and like i'm better than these other guys literally and i know i as devin hunter leary say literally every other word but i'm actively going to make an effort to stop using that word because of the way casey fucking garrett and oju jared showed me what that word really sounds like I will make a vow starting maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, where I try not to say that anymore. This is something I realized with the F boys and Garrett and OG are, um, you know, Casey was a little bit more suave. Garrett and OG sounded like a kid who was trying to convince their mom that they had learned their lesson about um, telling her to go fuck herself. Right. (laughs) And so therefore they should be allowed to go to hockey camp with skylar and the guys that weekend they were like okay (laughs) what i've been trying to tell you mom is that (laughs) i like you okay (laughs) and i don't understand like 
at one point og jared goes nikki and i are supposed to be together it's destined by like the universe oh my god okay you could have you know maybe thought about it a little bit more and garrett is like listen once you see this soft part of me like (laughs) that is me like i am like tough but like once you and i was like garrett you are actually full of shit and you are like when the word soft like you are the softest guy ever and watching him and casey talk to each other casey's like dude like i'm gonna sound like a pussy but like really like her i know and then in the mansplain garrett said some guy was like you have committed like the worst crimes in humanity which is what they said about him in the mansplain basically and he's like that's fine dude i would have a crush on me too that's fine if you have a crush on me i was like this is not 2002 please open your eyes also caroline and i watched a bunch of the episodes together and we kept saying like every time it would show garrett we were like he's the worst human being alive he's the worst human being alive garbage he's worst- garbage garbage like, garbage he is so garbage and well that's the thing that i really believed i was like wait sarah actually does really like this guy because if it were me i would be like i don't actually want to be associated with this person on camera like don't get me wrong like some of the fuck boys i'm actually very attracted to i have admitted that colin i would break my nose ring rule for and um casey like honestly i would probably have had sex with him in high school and then um definitely definitely hit him up again and if he um didn't respond i would hit him up one more time and then maybe like a year later would hit him up again and maybe do like the classic like um send him a text and pretend that you meant to send it to someone else like hey i can't find my uh film 101 textbook oh my god i'm so sorry i ah, i i thought oops. lol i thought lmao i thought i'm i meant to send this to someone else lmao but lmao um anyway are what you? are you up to how are you <laughs> see how it lands all i'm saying see how it lands yeah i definitely would have um tried that so i i understand that garrett on the other hand like listen we're going to have to wrap this up because we have another we, episode. I yeah, want to leave you on that note. Leave it on the fact that Garrett is the worst living person with active facial rosacea on this planet. And he is a Gerber baby on steroids. And he's not even good enough to go down in reality show villain history because he's just like trash, boring, garbage, stupid. No, he's Trump's America. He is what Trump's America thinks is a reality show villain. And he's the the third Trump son. (laughs) I'm sorry, the fourth. Oh, my God. No, there's only two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's he's Baron's SAT tutor. (laughs) Who's sleeping with Melania. Who's sleeping with Melania. One thousand percent. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, we'll see. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll we'll give you some more insights on F Boy Island because we can't leave the island. We really can't. We can't leave the island, and we really have to talk about the finale. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Love you, Devin. Love you, Carol.
right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.